I just want to read you a few, uh, you know, it is Mother's Day. Um, and we're going to be getting into some things concerning that today, or, or moms. I want to see, uh, read this list to you. Now, I did not write this list, okay? It says, you know you're really a mom when? Now, I have no personal experience with these, just indirect experience with some of these things. Uh, I've observed some of these things. Showed this list to Shelly. There was some laughing, chuckling, relating. Uh, I've seen some of this, but I didn't write this list. It says, you know you're really a mom when? You count the number of sprinkles on each kid's cupcake to make sure they are equal. You want to take out a contract on the kid who broke your child's favorite toy and make him or her cry. You have time to shave only one leg at a time. Now, like I said, I did not write this list. I'm just relating it. You hide in the bathroom to be alone. Your child throws up and you catch it. Someone else's kid throws up at a party and you keep eating. You consider finger paint to be a controlled substance. Now, Shelly told me, she said, finger paint was a bathroom-only toy in our household. You master the art of placing food on a plate without anything touching. Your child insists that you read Once Upon a Potty out loud in the lobby at the doctor's office, and you do it. Let me get my other sheet here. You obsess when your child clings to you upon parting during his first month at school, then you obsess when he skips in without looking back. I know our last one, I mean, you know, we have four kids and they all act differently and I know the different ones did different things when they were going to school, but I know the last one, Julia, just, she got dropped off, you know, she's been seeing kids, she was looking forward to the day she got to go to school. And we dropped her off with school, it's like, bye mom, and she just went in and there was no remorse, no anything. And that, that hit Shelly a little different, she wasn't remorseful about it, but she was like, wow, she was ready to go. You can't bear to give away baby clothes. It's so final. You hear your mother's voice coming out of your mouth when you say, not in your good clothes. You stop criticizing the way your mother raised you. And you say at least once a day, I'm not cut out for this job, but you know you wouldn't trade it for anything. Lisa Alther said any mother could perform the job of several air traffic controllers with ease. A Spanish proverb once said, an ounce of mother is worth a ton of priest. Abraham Lincoln, you know, these, this, these are you know, kind of turning into where we're going. Abraham Lincoln, a couple quotes from him. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. He also said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. And Hosea Balu said, education commences at the mother's knee, and every word spoken within the hearing of little children tends towards the formation of character. Proverbs 22.6, can we please put that up? Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
Now we're going to touch base on, on just some aspects, uh, you know, some of these things we've um, already touched on. Mothers should be honored and not put on a pedestal, but the highest honor that we can give in society, mothers ought to be the recipients. Mothers, these things we've read, these sentiments concerning mothers, I mean, some of them are funny, but the, it, it speaks to the, con the constancy, the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week nature of the job. It does not end. It goes on all the time. Mothers are such an influence in a child's life. And there's so much of it that, that uh, can seem uh, just mundane, can seem like it's, it's the, just the day in and day out, but that is where the power is, is because it's day in and day out. It says here, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22.6 in the New Living Translation says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. In the Passion Translation, it says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go, and the values they learned from you will be with them for life. Notice a couple things there, three things, I mean there's three points there. Dedicate your children to God. You know, to do that, you need to believe there's a God. It might go, you know, people say, well, that goes without saying. Not everybody believes there's a God. Not everybody believes that there's somebody, there's a being, our Father, that could help them in this task. That He, do we, do we understand that we as parents are only stewards really for a brief time. Of course, we're their parents the whole time. Mothers, you're their mother forever. But the influence, the magnitude of influence is for much more for a period of time. And ultimately, the goal is that they relate to their father, to be walking in the, the footsteps of God at, uh, after those that would follow God. So to have that as an end goal means, number one, we have to believe there's a God and that child is going to serve that, that serve God, and that's the place what, what we're ultimately preparing them for. It's not the other things they're going to do. Regardless of what they do in life, the ultimate goal is they lean on the Father. See, we need to dedicate our children to God and point them in the way they should go. I, I just have the image of my, you know, in my mind of, okay, you're turned over there, but I'm going to turn you here. Now, go. This is the way to go, right? And in life, there are so many ways we could go. There are ways that have nothing to do with God, an emphasis on all kinds of, certain, of things that aren't ultimately the end goal. It says, the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Is this true or not? Do you realize this is true regardless of what those values are? But let's not take, into, or let's not take this out of the picture that God is on the throne. 
He is the king and he is a living being and what we put into them at any point, he can work with. Let's take off the, the fact that, because everybody in this room and everybody in the world that's ever been a parent, there's this nagging thing that you have to be the perfect parent, the perfect mom. And that's not the case, because otherwise everybody's done. <laughs> Nobody is going to be the perfect mom. Nobody has been the perfect mom. And this morning, I just want to speak through the Word of God, a word of encouragement to all you mothers, and to emphasize what you're doing is vital, and what you're doing, is, if you will point the child to God, and we're going to touch base on the, you know, the different, some aspects of that, you are giving the Almighty access to your child so He can help them, lead them, guide them, bring these things back, regardless of it, what it looks like, regardless of what thoughts pass through your mind, regardless of if it looks like they veered off direction. The Bible says they'll, these will be with them. The values will be with them. And the Almighty can help your child through those values that you've imparted. Always. Always. And what we do day in and day out is so much more than sometimes we have this ideal picture. You know, of course, I have not been a mother, but this applies in any area. But in the, the mother is, is most times, a lot of times, with the children or influencing the children, especially with their young, so often. And there is so much going on that sometimes we overlook and we don't uh, recognize the, the parts that are being transferred that look like they're not spiritual, but they are. That will affect the children just as much as when you're reading them scripture. And do you understand that the opposite can be true? You can read them scripture, but not have other components and the scripture can be, become hollow. They could be where you're modeling certain things and you read them scripture, they connect it to you. And so God will work with what we yield to Him. The number one thing is he, we recognize that we're in this with Him, that He is our helper, that He is the God that is uh, he's omnipotent, that He has a plan for the children, that He has a plan for their future, just like He has for us, for you as a mother. But the word trained means to form by instruction, discipline, or drill. You know, in this translation, it doesn't say train, but the same, dedicate your children and point them in the right way. That's all encompassed in the word train, that's like in the New King James. To form by instruction, discipline, or drill, to teach so as to make fit, qualified, or, pro or proficient. So to form by instruction, discipline, or drill. How many of you ever been through a fire drill in school or at your company? I remember when we were growing up, you know, you would go, when they would have certain drills, they would have their fire drills, they have these drills because it was in the 80s where you would get under your desk. Or get, you went and go, got up against a certain wall, you know, because there was different things going on, and if there were bombs or whatever, you know, applied to tornadoes. I mean, I never really understood. If I'm going to get under my desk, <laughs> got a bunch of kids in the room, and they're going to get under their desk, well, if it's a tornado, it's probably, you know, not going to help. If, 
If it's a palm, what desk is going to crush? Anyway, I yeah. probably did something and probably something I wasn't understanding, but you know, there was a drill. So we understood what you did when such and such happened. You did, su you did this, right? That's a drill doing something over and over. Well, a lot of, of life may not look like certain times like something is really coming from it, but some of it is just a drill. It's happening often. It's happening every day. It's happening over and over, and it is forming, like what it said there. It is forming. It is going somewhere. And here's the thing, as we speak on all these things, keep in mind, God is not expecting you to be perfect, moms. He's not. So when we read this, don't let the voice of the enemy come in and heap condemnation because just know, for every person, there is this thing over there that says, well, yeah, but you didn't do such and such. You should have done this or you should be. And, you, and yeah, that's great. I understand that. But it could, if it was only up here, then this starts to kick in. No, it starts to kick in at ground zero. You re, the, the child hears one scripture or is pointed to God once or comes to church once that's already a door that God can use to help that child on the pathway. God doesn't think like we do. His, his thoughts are higher. God just needs access. God needs access and his word is powerful and his spirit is powerful and he is there with you in the trenches day in and day out to take care of those kids and move them along. And it's just like every other thing, an example in the Bible where if we trust God, he will take what we give him and he'll multiply it and use it for great uh, effect. So many, I mean, David, he just needed somebody to step up against the giant, and God moved it. You know, we could go through all the different examples. Gideon, did, he did not need somebody that was going to just do it all perfect. He had people that thought they could do it all perfect, but they would not step out. You know, you saw where the... Uh, you know, a few old people that, that were waiting for the, the um, they were standing around waiting. There was a, a battle going on. They said, well, what are we waiting here for? And they started walking toward the enemy camp and the other, the other uh, side started hearing the, si the, the sounds of armies. I mean, God does not need us to do it all pristine and perfect. He needs us to act in faith, believing he's going to do something and he will help. That doesn't mean we just should not do or be lazy at all. It means we don't need to, to obsess on how everything is done perfect. It means that we should move forward and trust him to help us to do what we need to do at the right time. Because we are not dealing with robots, we're dealing with humans, children. One word placed at the right time can make all the difference. And God knows the future. We don't. Something that looks insignificant to us could be well-placed, right time, and absolutely vital in the child's future. This is supernatural. This is 
believing that there's more than just what we can see. More than what is felt or what is apparent to the natural realm. We just we read in the offering this same scripture, but if you could put up 3 John 2, and we'll go to the next verse after this, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers, for I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Notice that I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Now he's talking about spiritual children, but of course it applies to natural children. That is the goal right there. Is that our children walk in the truth. God's truth. truth there is only one truth. Truth is truth. It's either true or it's not. God's word is truth. Jesus is the word. Jesus is truth. Anything that's outside of that is not true. So we, our desire is for them to walk in the truth. That's the end goal. That's the end game. That's the, 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 the path that we, all these other things, is for them to walk with God. Not structure for the sake of structure. Not discipline for the sake of of discipline, not organization for the sake of organization, all as a purpose to put in to a child so that they can ultimately walk in the truth. Not so they follow a program, not so that they go to bed exactly at the same time every night, although there's nothing wrong with that. Not so they do all their chores exactly right, and if they miss a check mark, it, it's, it's completely wrong, and we're gonna, now they're going to fail. I mean, we get in the day in, day out, and all these things can be good, but they can be things that we, we start to look at the details instead of the picture, which this is the picture. What would be the purpose of losing, the temper, losing a temper on a child for not checking all the boxes when that system is there in place so ultimately they walk in the truth and they become an independent child. We're making the, the, the process and making the tool more important than the end goal. What does the child learn from that? They learn, I have to follow these rules. You, you realize a child can start following those rules and the heart is not toward walking in the truth. And ultimately, they can follow the rules, and they can check every box, and it looks all great. But this is what we're after. It's not your bath time. I mean, you know, and I, there's different stages of life. We take baths at this time, and we go to bed at this time, and a routine is okay if it's helpful. But remember, the routine is supposed to help. We're, it's supposed to serve us, not us serve the routine. Moms, it's great to have a routine and discipline your child, what I'm saying, you know, discipline and, and, and put into a structured routine, that is not the end goal, though. And they watch more than just the routine. If we say, you, but, I, I, but this routine, you have to get this. They don't use those words, but they think, I have to do this, I have to do this. Mommy will get mad if I don't do this. What are they thinking? They're thinking that's more important and why am I doing it? They don't know. They're not connecting it. 
Now, we're saying that for freedom, not to con condemn. Because the devil uses these tools to try to beat people up and beat people up over, and moms, over not doing, crossing all the I's, or crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's, when in fact, they're doing a wonderful job of actually pointing their children to the truth. The enemy will come back, yeah, but you didn't check box number six. You're a failure. Three out of the last seven days, you haven't done such and such, and they didn't do that chore. You're messing up. Who said? When they're 20, are they going to remember, they didn't check box number six, are they going to remember all the way you interacted with them on all the different fronts? You understand God knows there's a lot of work involved and there's a lot of things involved um, with being a mom. And we as people sometimes make get religious ideas of what it should look like to do any task, but we're, we're talking specifically about being a mother. And people can get this religious idea, or well-intentioned, but, but what it does is it ends up, a method can get in the way of a true relationship and ultimately get in the way of the child actually going after God and knowing what it's like to follow Him. And so much of that part is embedded in all these tasks. It's how we go about them. It's how we relate. And the condemnation coming from you not thinking you're doing everything right will actually hinder all the rest of it to where you become upset over the smallest thing because you feel pressure that you're not doing your job right. So when they're 25, they're going to be a failure and blah, 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 blah. It's the devil that gives those thoughts. And so you don't even want to take the next step to get them in bed because what's the use? They're not going to do this. And it's, it's self-defeating. It's defeating. God is a good father and is soft and gentle and helpful. I mean, he can be hard when he needs to, but it's only when it's needed. He is a loving God. So whatever his reaction is, it's the one that's needed. It's not for the sake of the reaction. It's not for the sake of some method. It is because it is absolutely the best thing for the person, the object which in this case would be the child. What's the best for them? What, what should we be walking out that will help them? The Bible says that, the writer here, John says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. Now, he's not specifying things, but he doesn't say I have no greater joy than to know that my children, you know, are following their routine daily. <laughs> I know you get up, you know, if he's talking to adults, I have no greater joy to know that you get up at such and such a time and you brush your teeth and then you go and you shower and then you work out and then you go and you do your, you know, devotional time and you do this. That's not the end goal. He said that you walk in the truth, which, honestly, guys, every family is different, every individual is different, every person is different, and we need, truth is not... Um, relative or subjective, but how we implement these things that are supposed to be pointing us to the, the truth absolutely are. What works for you may not work for another mom, and that's why it's so 
just devious to try to compare yourself, especially to an invisible, unreachable standard that is in somebody's head, and especially not to other people. You don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know where they've been, where they're going, and that's really none of our concern. It is, what does God want me to do for my children, and how do you want me to do it? According to your word and your truth. Do, you, do we... We need to understand that God will give you mothers. He will lead you for your children. He'll never deviate from his word. He's never going to give you some idea that, that contradicts his word. But he will lead you for your children. No matter how old they are, he'll show you and guide you because there's nobody in the world that has more concern from that, for them than you. So who else is he going to tell? Sometimes we get the idea that everybody else knows, you know, what should I do, what should I do? You know, it's not that nobody else loves you, nobody else loves your kids, but ultimately, if God's going to deal with somebody, he's going to go to the people close, and, and as especially with young children, people, children growing up, he's going to deal with you and show you what you need to do. And we can trust that, and we can pull on that, and know that he is faithful to help. He is faithful to help. He is faithful to take you and your personality and your background and help these children be what they can be, not just in themselves, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal. And he'll help you. And he is helping you. And no matter what stage of life you're in, he's helping you. And I want to say all the seeds that you've planted, even if it were years ago, even if your children are grown, if, they, if you love God and you're, going, and you're walking after God, and even if there's certain things you didn't do when you were a mother, you had them under your roof, they see you and those are seeds and those are direction to God and God can use it. God is way, way, way above our natural ability. Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10. Go ahead and put that up on the screen. Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10. It says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your eyes all the days of your life. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when, God, when the Lord said to me, gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. Notice they're talking about teaching their children, their grandchildren, what? The word that they've heard. Now what I want to emphasize, the thing, I, I'm, I'm trusting God to help us get out this morning, is that this is how this looks. And there's not just a clean-cut answer for how it looks, because everybody's different, every child is different, every family is different. Again, truth is not relative, and it does not change. But do not, sometimes we get these ideas, we look at this, and some people may take this and implement it a certain way, and they, they, they have a, a system uh, where they're, try, they're, 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 they're training the children with Scripture in certain ways, or, or, and none of that's bad. That's good. Don't make that in a certain implementation that you heard somebody else do 
the way you have to do it in order to be successful because it may not fit your personality, it may not fit your family, it may not fit the way you think, and if you try to do it, you're gonna be condemned, you're not gonna be good at it, and it, you're, you're ultimately not gonna be successful, and you're, you're going to feel bad the whole time you're trying to do it. We need to free ourselves. Moms, you have such a vital role. Free yourselves from doing it somebody else's way because God created you unique and the implementation is going to fit your children. And so it's sometimes comforting to go, well, so-and-so did it and their children look like this, so I'll do it and my children will turn out. If that person was following God, what we really need to do is follow God for our situation. And don't make it this pedestal that you can't, well, sure, I would do that if I could hear God. And if I had, you know, I, I would love to do that. But I've got to spend so many more hours in prayer. Who, who can't spend more hours in prayer? <laughs> I'm not negating prayer. We should pray. But don't make it out here. God will take you where you're at. And if you'll give him your heart and if you'll go after him, he's going to answer you and show you what you need to do for your family and your children. Not what he gave somebody else to do for their family and their children. It's simple trust. It's simple faith. But we go back to what we started with. We got to believe that he is God. He will, he, his heart for us is he wants us to prosper. So Lord, show me what that looks like in my, in my children. You show me how to deal with this one. You show me how to deal with this one. You know, have you ever thought about it? Because some moms, they see another mom doing life a certain way. They, I get the idea they should do it like that mom. But what they don't think about is that other mom is a completely opposite personality from them. And that other mom's husband is a completely opposite personality from their husband. Because likely if you're different from this other mom's personality, their husband's probably more like your personality because opposites <laughs> attract. And so if you try to do what they do, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for your, well, their husband supports them. This, yeah, but their husband's like you, probably. <laughs> and they do this, and so my husband should do this, and he should support me this way. And so, that's futile. That'll just get you condemned. That'll get you mad. That'll get you wanting to throw up your hands because you're trying to live somebody else's life. And every time you're going through with these kids in whatever stage of life they're in, you're trying to do it somebody else's way. I'll give you an example. This is totally unrelated to mothering, but it applies because of the same thought process. You know, I have a software engineering background. And there's certain ways you can, there's so many different ways you can approach problems. There is no one, you know, like you've heard the saying, and it's the same, it's not in software, it's in every area. You know, there's more than one way to skin a can. I have no other idea where that came from. You know, it's kind of a bad visual if you think about it. But anyway, you guys have all heard that, so you know what I'm talking about. There's, a different, there's different ways to solve a problem. And, and just, so when I would be in software, I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, you have a certain thought process of how to approach something, and you're thinking a certain way, but sometimes I'd look at somebody else's solution, or way they, and it was so, 
I had, I had, I didn't know where they were going. I was trying to absorb and think of, and I'm not talking about something that I had to use, that I had to build on afterwards. You just have to work around that if somebody's already done something. I'm saying I was trying to grasp somebody the way they did something, and it wasn't the way I, I thought. It wasn't the way my experience was. And it became to where I don't know if I can even solve this. I mean, the thoughts would be, I don't know if I can solve this problem because if I have to think that way and know that way, it was like this, not dramatic, but this feeling of, I don't know if I have the guns to get this done. But when I cut that out and just looked at, well, what's the problem? What do you want to do? Well, I could do it this way and this way in the way that I was apt to solve it. And with my tools and my abilities and my background, it became clear and it was straightforward. The problem was I'm trying to do it and get in somebody else's mind and do it their way and I couldn't because I'm not them and I don't have their experience. And it was, so it was so befuddling. And, but when I realized I don't have to do it that way, I can do it the way I see clearly. This will work too. And it would. There's nothing magical about doing it a certain way. The, the, the goal is solve the problem. Did the, the problem get solved? Is it stable? Is it secure? Is it the right way? Done. You don't get any more money for doing it a certain way unless that is part of what you're supposed to do. But so many times we're trying to get in the, we're saying it should look like this. So therefore I'm failing because I'm not doing it a certain way when actually we're getting the job done. Y'all with me? Satan works the same in every area. And if he convince you, can convince you you're failing when actually you're getting the job done, it just doesn't look like somebody else. Well, who said it had to look like somebody else? Your life is not supposed to look like somebody else's. It's supposed to look like yours, according to God's word. So take his unchanging truth and apply it in the way that he tells you, and you're on the road to success and in the area of parenting and being a mother, that is putting into your children what they need so that they can live and walk in the truth. End goal. Done. Nobody's going to care how it got there and we did this and we used this program and be very careful about giving advice to people because what worked for you may not work for somebody else. Say, well, this was what we did in our family. But you have to be led by God and His Word. God is faithful to, 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 uh, to, to direct us for our lives and our family. Don't go to, it's not bad to read blogs, it's not bad to get ideas from somebody else, but what you're looking for is a quickening that that, you know, that bullet number eight is what can apply to my life, not necessarily the whole list, because, you know, let's be honest, it's easy just to go look for something that would be a complete, tailor-made way of doing something that somebody else did that will just apply to my life, because, you know, I'm kind of abdicating responsibility for it then. It's easier. But the problem is you get into all these things we just talked about. It may not work for you. It's not cut. What if, you know, bullet eight just totally not going to work for your situation because of your background and your relationship with your husband and what your kid is? And I've seen this too. Uh, you know, every child is different, which we all know. And we'd be very careful about comparing yourself to somebody else and how they deal with their children because their children are not your children. And be very careful about, don't let these thoughts and, you know, come into your mind, well, I would do this if I were them. You're not them. 
Just, if that comes, just eradicate it from your head. That's pride. But on the flip side, what we're talking about more closely is get rid of the thoughts that tell you you should be doing it like them. Because every child is different, and you may think something will work until it doesn't work. Now, the Word of God will work. But again, methods, we can't elevate methods to the, to the position of the Word of God. Do you hear me? How we live day in and day out is not the way you, 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 you follow through on certain things is not, unless it's Scripture, it's not Scripture. <laughs> unless, unless it's said in the Word of God, it's not the Word of God, so don't make it the Word of God. I don't care how many people said it, and I don't care if it's been in your family, and I don't care who got to work what. That's not the same as it being Scripture. It's not the same as it being the Word of God. So it's saying here in Deuteronomy, teach your children. But how we're teaching them is through so much. So many things we go through daily. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 7. In the New Living Translation, I'm just going to skip to the New Living Translation. It says, uh, repeat them, the, the, the words that they're, they're, uh, they're talking about, the Word of God that they know. Repeat them again and again, again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, we should not, yes, we want to get the word to them, but there's so much, uh, what I want to bring out here is notice he's talking about a lifestyle of everything you do is infused with training them the word of God, which is lived, not just related, just the spoken word's important, the scripture is important, but you don't spend 24 hours a day just saying scripture to your kids, is my point. You train them the concepts, but then you walk it out, and you're, you're walking through different processes, and you're living, actually, the Word. And in fact, if you're spending all the time just harping on these certain scriptures, I would say you're not actually functioning in the things you should be functioning in and letting some things go, and that's way over here. You know, yeah, I tell them all these things all the time, but yeah, the actual practical living out of it's not there. Well, what are they gonna? What are they gonna learn from that? We say all this stuff, but it doesn't actually apply to anything. So, what is it that actually moves Scripture down in a child's eyes? So, the point I'm saying, I'm, I'm bringing out there is the Word says to bring these things and to diligently notice it. Oh, in the New King James, it says diligently to your children. Here it says, repeat them again and again. What does that sound like? That sounds like daily life. Well, I did that yesterday. Yep. What's today? It's another day. Another avenue for God to work. Another avenue for God to, to speak. Another avenue for God to help. And you never... You see, we cannot plan all the opportunities to put into them. 
Ladies, you can't plan everything. You don't know what's going to happen on a certain day where some condition happens and they come to you for something and their heart is open and you speak to something. You couldn't plan it. You could try to have a study where you're going to go over that exact same thing for 15 minutes, but at that point, their little heart is wide open to receive and you pour into them and that changes them and is with them for the rest of their lives. You cannot plan that. No human can. Those are the things, there's an ebb and a flow, and it's just the day in and day out, and just being there, and just, just living for, before God the best you know how, the best that you can follow His Word and His Spirit for your life. You are opening the avenue and the, the conduit for God to get these times where there is, over to your children where there is true impact and it's not just you speaking, it's not just you acting, but the Spirit of God is taking what you've given and He's amplifying it. Consistency, and I don't say that in just you have to do everything perfect every time, but just diligence and repeating over a long period of time. Yeah, you didn't check every box every day this week, but if you look over the last two years, there's a lot of boxes checked and there is a pattern over time. And the children are getting an idea of what's important, what's not. They don't remember every day and everything, but they, they start to see God's truth shining through you. Over time. <clears throat> Ephesians 6, verse 1, go ahead and put that <clears throat> up on the screen. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Notice that. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and may you may live long on the earth. This is not popular today, that children should obey their parents. But you as the mom, as one that is likely with them a lot, this is the Word of God and you just implementing their... Again, we go back to the, one of the first things we said. He is God. To dedicate them to Him. What is the end goal? It's to know Him. So, taking this part out and not acting like they need to obey you. There are certain things... They need to do. They need to understand that they need to obey you. That consistency, that's not easy over the long haul. That's not easy. Life can wear you out. Life, the, the day in and day out, can wear you out to where you feel like, what is go, what, am I going in the right direction? That's why we have to snap back always to what did God's Word says, and it will work. Putting into the children they'll, to obey it says that honoring the mother, the father, is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth is a goal that it would be well with them. Putting into them that they need to obey you is putting into them ultimately that they need to obey God. So over the stretch, it's not the check marks, it's you 
are put, the child is, is putting their will aside to do what you say, which is what God is saying, so that when you get out of the picture, they will do what God is saying. That's the, that's the end goal. And God will use your daily input, will use your daily gentle, I don't want to use the word pressure, but your, see, without what you put in, they're left to themselves. The Bible says in their place, the child left to himself will go, he'll go all over the place. But that gentle pressure of, yes, you will listen to mommy. Yes, you will listen to mommy. Yes, there's going to be consequences. Not in a mean way, not in, hey, there's days that are more trying than others. But put that aside, what is the end goal? Okay, so you lost your temper. Okay, children know you love them by your actions over time. And over the long haul, nope, you're supposed to obey God. No, you're supposed to obey God. You're, while you're saying you're to obey mommy, you're saying you're to obey the Lord. You're putting into them something that they can come back to. So that God can come and quicken that back to their hearts when they're older. Mommy's not there anymore, but God's still there. And when mom's out of the picture, and dad's out of the picture, not that they're gone off the earth, but they're not there in every situation, ultimately it's that they look up and then they look to him and walk things out based on what the Lord would say. See, we do not want to hide, real quick, can you put up... Um, Psalm 78, uh, verse 4. Let's put it on the screen. Psalm 70, he says, We will not hide them, that's saying the sayings of what our fathers have told us, from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. We do not, just the, the day in and day out, showing, pointing them to the Lord, showing them, that God's way is right, that we're going to do it this way because this is the way God has led us to do it, mommy and daddy, and I am implementing it and over and over and putting that into them, not to shun telling them that it's God's way that's going to work. That, just that repetition, just that putting into them, the word of God says honoring the mother and father, it will help them to live long. But I'm trying to get over to you this morning. Is that vehicle for that happening has no ideal form. God will lead you and guide you and help you to do that through the ups, through the downs, through the ins, through the outs, through the different stages of school, different stages of development, through the different stages of the day, all the parts of life. If we don't put it to where it looks like this certain thing, and if I didn't do this a certain day, then nothing got done. That's not true. It's the sum of what is being conveyed to the child, always, in all parts of every day. And God just needs us to point our children to Him. Ladies, mothers, He is faithful to help you do what He has tasked you to do. If there's one thing I can convey to you today, or two things, is what we've been saying, that it doesn't look a certain way, and that you have the strength 
and the wisdom and guidance to carry out your God-given, your gift of having these children to influence. Grandchildren, mothers, if you, you know, don't have the children in the house. And regardless of what you did when they were in the house, God will use what you did do if you'll, if you'll just, you put, the, you put it before him even today. But he'll use the, the word that went forth even before. God is faithful to help his children. He's faithful to help you as his child, and he's faithful to help your children as those that he's bringing up and helping. I want to read you this scripture in closing. Proverbs 31, verse 28, talking about the woman... You see, you hear about the Proverbs 31 woman. Well, it's someone that, whose heart is after God. Verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And of course, you know, this proverb goes through all these ins and outs of what it looks like in this person. But the end point is that the person, the woman that fears the Lord, puts him on the throne in her family, seeks him for her family, along with her husband, and endeavors to put that into place just in the everyday, every part of life, that is what it, that's what it looks like. That is it. There's not this pristine pedestal thing, this thing out there ideal that somebody lives without the pressures of life, without the ins and outs, without the stuff that goes on with raising children and just has it all together and does everything perfect all the time. That doesn't exist. And if we take that off, and realize God is leading you now, today, where you're at, that you, if, you, if, you're, if your eyes are to Him, and even right today, whatever your background has been, if you look to Him, and He will help you, and you can be renewed in strength, knowing He is leading and guiding you now, this afternoon, tomorrow morning at 3 a.m., in the middle of the night, on Tuesday of this week, or whatever, I'm not prophesying. The power and the strength to do, uh, to convey is there. Let me read this uh, in closing. It says, one day, this is called a small handprint on the wall. One day as I was picking up, as I was picking the toys up off the floor, I noticed a small handprint on the wall beside the door. I knew that it was something that I'd seen most every day, but this time when I saw it there, I wanted it to stay. Then tears welled up inside my eyes. I knew it wouldn't last, for every mother knows her children grow up way too fast. Just then I put my chores aside and held my children tight. I sang to them sweet lullabies and rocked into the night. Sometimes we take for granted those things that seem so small, like one of God's great treasures, a small handprint on the wall. The every day, now that, that, that may look like that's, that's work, to wipe that off. The thing I want to convey to you in this 
you know, I've got to wipe off that hamper, but this, this is conveying. It's in that daily routine that something great is being imparted. It won't be forever. Just all the stages aren't forever, but every one of them, God is working, and God is helping, and God is guiding to bring His purposes to pass. Amen.